This is Meg Tilton at the Eight Cow Life, and you are listening to A Cup of Joel with Joel Harper and me, yours truly, Meg Tilton. And today we are talking about repentance. This is the Eight Cow Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are, and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back to A Cup of Joel. I am so glad that you each are here listening to this. I actually know that some of you only listen to this podcast of all of my podcasts. So I'm just going to chalk it up to the fact that Joel's so amazing. (laughs) And I'm not going to mean it make anything about me. I promise. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm so glad that you all are here. We have a great topic today. We are talking about repentance And I think it was a really great discussion because sometimes Joel has written me ahead of time and kind of told me like where he's going. So I kind of know what we're going to be covering and I can kind of think about my answers ahead of time and get my input. But this time he didn't do that. And so I had to think on the fly and I think it just produced a really, really great discussion. So I hope you all enjoy it and There are some questions that we have for you in the podcast. We would like your feedback on repentance and how you feel you've been forgiven and what repentance looks like in your life. So if you would like to give me some feedback and Joel some feedback, we'd love to hear it. Um, And go ahead and shoot me an email at meg at the acowlife.com. All right, let's jump to the interview. Enjoy. All right, Joel, welcome back to the podcast this month. How's everything going there? Good morning, everybody, on a beautiful, very hot summer day in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. High humidity and high temperatures. It's good yeah. for the skin. Good for the skin. That's a good Bad way of looking at it. Bad for the hair, too. Good for the skin. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. Good positive Yes, 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 yes. good. Well, I'm looking out. Look at that beautiful forest behind you. I'm looking out your windows. You have a beautiful view. Yes. I I probably, about a half acre, and it's probably got 200 trees. It's all trees. When I bought the place, I was ecstatic. No more grass. No more watery grass. I was so done with grass. And what I realized is I've inherited limbs and the leaves and pine straw and spider webs. It can't walk two feet in the morning without breaking 12 spider webs and sap on my cars because I don't have a carport. So I've kind of realized, Meg, that be careful what you ask. You just might get it. Yes. I just, I've exchanged grass and weed eating for sap and spider webs and leaf blowing. You just can't oh, well. have it all, Joel. First world problems. Yes. First world problems. Yes. I must repent of my attitude, Meg, which is the topic for today's discussion. All right. Awesome. Um, repent, repent, repent. You know, every once in a while when I'm doing a teaching a class, like a youth Sunday school class, I'll, I'll have some fun when we're talking about repentance. I'll say, uh, I'll say to the class, you know, tell me what does it mean 
to repent. And a light bulb will go off in some kids' eyes and they'll throw out, usually, oh, I know what that is. It's the six steps of repentance. I know what it means to repent. You feel remorse. You make restitution. You don't do it again. And I'll stop them and I'll say, well, no, no, that's the, that's the process of repentance. Mm-hmm. I'm wanting to know what does it mean to you to repent? What's happened to you when you've repented? And they'll think for a minute, another light bulb will go off. And they'll go, oh, I got it. Yeah, when you've repented, when I've repented, my, my sins are washed away. They could have been crimson red, but now I'm white as the driven snow. And I'll stop them and I'll say, well, no, that's the result of repentance. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for what happens to you inside of you when you've repented. And at that point, usually they're so irritated with me that they say something they need to repent of, and then I've lost the class completely. (laughs) Repentance is one of those few gospel principles that can be defined with one word. And that word is change. Mm. And I will read from the Bible dictionary. Repentance. It's a Greek word, of which this is the translation, blah, blah, blah. It denotes a change, a change of mind, a fresh view about God, a fresh view about oneself and about the world. And then it goes on. Since we're born into conditions of mortality, repentance comes to mean a turning of the heart and will to God. Change. In our church, we have a couple of epitaphs. Is that the word? Little poems? In our canon, I will read them to you. One is goes like this: um, As man is, God once was; as God is, man may be. I think that's how it goes. You probably heard that before. Yeah. A little yeah. is that epitaph? Is that the right word? A little ditty, a little poem uh, in our canon. But yes, we put sure. that little poem in our canon. <laughs> There's a second one: um, Man fell, Adam fell, that man may be men are that they may have joy. That's another little epitaph (laughs) that we quote. It's part of our canon. Mm -hmm. Megan Tilton, today I propose a third poem, a third epitaph to add to the Latter-day Saint canon. And it goes like this. If I have repented, I have changed. If I have not changed, I have not repented. Oh, I like that. Now, that is the uh, meat of today's discussion. Is that indeed doctrine? I will elaborate just a tad, and then I'm really interested in your thoughts. The first half of that, I think we're on solid ground. If I've repented, I've changed. Because that's kind of right out of the Bible dictionary. Mm -hmm. You know, repentance denotes a change, a change of mind, a fresh view, a turning of the heart or will to God. If I've repented, I've turned my heart and will to God. So I think I'm, I think I'm okay on the first half of my little ditty. If I've repented, I've changed. This is the second part that uh, gives me pause. I haven't quoted this yet in one of my sacrament meeting talks. I'm, I think I might one of these days. If I haven't changed, I have not repented. Is that doctrinally sound? I think it is. I'm leaning that way. 
we've got to differentiate between change and not doing something for a very long time. Sometimes not doing something for a very long time does mean I've changed. But sometimes, Meg, it does not mean that. Sometimes it means I just haven't done something for a very long time, but I haven't changed. And I may, and, and I will do it again, denoting I haven't changed. I don't know. Um, mm. I'll use, this is one concrete example, just because we need an example to hone in on. Let's right. just use drinking, okay? Okay. I have a drinking problem, and then I don't drink for 20 years. Maybe I've repented. Maybe I haven't. That's between me and God. But 20 years later, I fall off the wagon and I drink again. Can you say he repented and he's repent again? Or really, do you say he never repented fully at all? He did a lot of the repentance process. He did 20 years worth, but he never jumped the broom. He never jumped the shark because he didn't fully change mm. false doctrine or not meg tilton the floor is yours well these are my thoughts i wonder if there are steps of repentance based on the sin i mean based on sin right because our understanding and our growth are always happening so i may commit a sin when i'm say 18 and i then realize, oh, this is wrong, and I take steps and I change. But then I commit the sin again. Does that mean that I didn't really repent? Yes, that's my question. That's what yeah. I'm posing to our listeners. I would love lots of feedback on this. I'm not, I don't know. I want to say no. I want to say, Meg, no, you haven't repented. You're trying hard. I'll grant you that. Right but you haven't changed fully. I hear what you're saying. I wrote this down. You said steps of repentance. I, I agree with you there, but I guess if I'm going to push you back, I'd say, well, is there steps of sickness? Are you either sick or you're not? You can, there's a minor sniffle and full-blown cancer, but either way, you're still sick. It's like saying I'm, I'm sort of pregnant. Well, no, if you're 10 minutes pregnant, you're no different than nine months pregnant. You're still pregnant. If right. I haven't re fully repented, I'm, I got to do all the steps. I don't know. I interrupted you. Please continue. I told, no, I totally understand what you're saying, but I think what I'm trying to grasp here is, is that, and I don't know how to quite articulate this, is that to say that means that none of us would ever really probably be ever ever able to repent fully and i uh, well unless we change that's what i'm saying right but so many people make mistakes again and again like they yes. repeat them yes. right yes so yes. i understand what you're saying that maybe they haven't fully repented but i'm wondering if like in that moment for their capacity and their ability they have but then they change again and repent because like if we're saying that to repent means that you can change mm -hmm. then maybe they do change but then something changes back right that then causes them to repent to sin again to sin again so hmm. I, I don't know that just because they they sin again means that they never changed correct I think they may have changed 
But then because we all have free agency, they changed back and then, re- and then sinned again yeah. and then yeah. had to go forward again and repent again of that. An excellent angle, an excellent analysis. Meg Tilton. I don't know. Just because I think you have to, because I think the gospel is one of hope. So if I'm like my whole life worried, did I really change? Oh my gosh. If I do this again, then I haven't really repented. Like to me, that's like despair and not deflating. Yes. Yeah. Because we may think that we have changed. Like I think that I know certain things for sure right now. Yeah. But I guarantee in five years, I'm going to have a much different view on those same subjects because I will have evolved more. Correct. So when are you fully changed? Yes. That's, I, I almost wish, I, I almost think it should be, we are changing. Correct. That is repentance. Yes. Like yes. changed seems like final, infinite, like, we yes. never do it again. But yes. I really think that Heavenly Father's like, are we changing to try and become the better version of ourselves, to try and live the higher law? Yes. And yeah, sometimes we're doing great. We are changing. We're doing those things. But then we also make the choices to shift past and get back on that change, back to that old way that then causes right. us to re commit the sin. So I have a really hard time thinking that somebody who stopped drinking and then didn't drink for 20 years didn't change in that time period just because they started 20 years. There's a very good likelihood that they didn't because I right. think you cannot drink and not change. Correct. Like you were saying. Yes. But I think there had to have been something that changed because you can't have willpower for 20 years not to drink. Right. Right. That's correct. It's important to note that um, we all feel remorse. Mm -hmm. We all feel remorse. Um, And remorse can lead to change, but remorse can also not lead to change. Sometimes you just feel bad and you you don't change. Mm -hmm. So we certainly can't use remorse as as a litmus test. President Benson talked about this wonderfully. We talked about there's Godlike sorrow and then worldly sorrow. You know, worldly sorrow is when I say to you, spouse, I'm sorry I snapped at you, but you, you really hacked me off. And honestly, if you hack me off again, I may snap again. I still feel bad, but there's no change there. I haven't changed. In fact, I put the blame back on you. You hacked me off, therefore I snapped. If you stop hacking me off, I won't snap anymore. And it's not repentance, but that is remorse because I do feel bad. Mm -hmm. Godly sorrow is, I'm sorry I snapped at you. That's wrong. No matter what you do, I can be the adult and not return with anger. Um, Mm -hmm. Then I said godly sorrow, and I'm trying to change inside. You know, that's one of the great lessons of the Book of Mormon, isn't it? They always, at the end, when the society was done for, and Mormon walked around and everybody was woeing and lamenting the loss of their quality of life in their society, but they weren't lamenting the need to, or saying they needed to change. They were just like, oh, what was us? Mm-hmm. That was sorrow of the damned, as he called it right there. Um, yeah. And I think, 
I mean, of course, we thankfully are not in charge of judging if people have repented or not. Correct. Right? Correct. So it's Thank a, goodness. So it's a very individual thing between us yes. and the Lord. Yes, 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 yes. But, no blanket statements here. You're correct. Yeah, but I mean, doesn't it also say in the scriptures that like when you confess your sins, like you're forgiven? Does it say that anywhere? I think it says somewhere where if you, you could bear your testimony, your sins are forgiven you. That's why I bear my testimony a lot, Joel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I question, <laughs> I, I question how literal to take that statement. It's in the DNC. I did not think to prepare for that on this discussion. I can look it up after the fact. Um, well, I, yeah, you're right. Repent. You know you've repented, I guess, when the Holy Ghost makes you feel that way. And what I'm talking about that in just a second, how you know when you've been forgiven. Um, yeah. But it, it's I mean, worth pondering this notion of change and repentance. Yeah. I mean, because look at like Alma the Younger, right? He was right. this really rebellious, doing lots of really bad stuff kind of guy. Yeah. But then he has this angel and come and he's in, has all these visions and people talking to him saying, Hey buddy, you better shape up. Yeah. And he talks about that mighty change of heart, right? Like yes. he, but it was a wrestle. Like it was not fun. Correct. <laughs> he didn't enjoy it, but it was so powerful that he had no desire to ever go back to the way that he, he was. changed. Yes. yes. He changed. And he did not go back. Yeah. A good point. And we all have that in our lives. Yeah. We all were, Go ahead. Yeah. But I think the thing for most of us, because most of us are not going to get struck down by an angel and see visions and have God come and tell us that we better shape up. I always go back to this, always, is that I think that what Heavenly Father is really concerned about is that we're on the road to doing this. Of course. That's right. Right? So That's right. You can be doing the steps and doing everything that you possibly can to try and change. Right. And, yes. say, you're, and say you're killed or something. Yeah. Right. Heavenly Father's not going to be like, well, sorry, you didn't totally change. Right. You're doing. No, no, no. Right. No one's expected right? to exit. Only the savior could exit this life fully changed. Yeah. You know, he was born a natural man and he quickly, got away from that and became godly and never chipped it back. Yes, you're right. We so don't kill all, beat ourselves up for that. Yeah. So all of us are going to be, leave this life in a state of changing in some way. So we are going right. to be in the process of sinning if we haven't. Correct. Correct. I guess my point there would be if we do evolve, therefore the level of our sins evolves with that. We're, it should be less and less isn't the right word, but minor and minor may not be the right word. But yeah, the sins I commit at the age of 50 better be a whole lot more refined, if that's the right word, than <laughs> yeah. 20, or I'm not evolving. Therefore, I have changed and I haven't gone back because I'm not the bully I was at 20. I don't gossip like I did at 20. Yes, I may be doing those things, but in 
smaller, not even degrees, but less. I don't No, I know what so, you're saying. Yeah, I have changed and I haven't gone back. Yeah. Because I don't go up to the girl and go, you know, those pants really make you look fat like you did to your fellow my mate because you just wanted to stab her. <laughs> you don't do that anymore. Right. But here's the thing is that, and I know you know this, is that everybody is a different stage. So what you're working on at 50 could be very different than somebody right next to you who's 50 is working on. Right. 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 Because maybe Correct. they did like far worse stuff when they were younger right. than you ever did. And so they're, and that's where I come back to just be on the path, like moving forward, right. people. It doesn't matter where you are. That's not, that, the no, that's, that, no, that is doctrine. For the first time today, yeah. we've actually mentioned some real doctrine. <laughs> that's correct. That's yeah. correct. That's was the, the parable of the, of the talents, the parable of the laborer. Mm-hmm. Whether you, Come to work at 11 a.m. or 1 p.m. or 5 p.m. Yeah. Get to work and you'll be fine. Yeah. And I think that that is like fundamental for many of us to realize because we live in a world of comparison. So we're like, oh, like, because I think that that could stop a lot of people from fully changing. Like, oh, my gosh, look at all these awful things I've done in the past. And these people never did that. Like, am I ever really able to change? I don't well, know. and yeah, add to that, the worst comparison we do is comparison to ourselves. Yes. Oh, I'm, I still feel like drinking. It's been 20 years and I still crave. And, right. And that's you know, the thing. Just, that's the other thing that we have to realize. Like temptation will never go away. Never go away. So temptation will always be there, but temptation is not sin. Right. Right? That's correct. Weakness is not a sin. That is right. correct. And we've talked about that before. We've talked about that before. So temptation will always be out there. I think I've had discussions with people where this has come up. Like, I just want it all to go away. Well, that's not going to happen. In this life. <laughs> In this life. The temptation is always going to be there. So that is where we have to focus on changing ourselves because that's the only thing that we do have control over. Yeah. So yeah. that when you walk into a, a store, you're not even tempted to look at the magazine aisle because of things yeah. that you might see. Or you're not even tempted to walk down the, the liquor aisle because that's not even important. Like to me, that isn't even a temptation. I'm not yeah. like, hey, let's go look at the vodka today. Like that's yeah. not even a temptation for me. Yeah. But right. for some people, that would be a temptation. And just mm-hmm. because they're drawn to that doesn't mean that they haven't changed. Right? No, uh, that's correct. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So absolutely. we need We're separating like that, temptation from sin. Yeah, you absolutely. have to really separate that, I think, because oh, of course. Will be like, oh, but I'm so tempted. Have I really changed? Of course. That's right. Yes, you have changed because you're not acting on their temptation. Right. You have changed. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I have no answers on this one. Um, not quite sure my little epitaph is doctrinally sound. Um, <laughs> But I suppose it is sound in this. If anything, dear listener to this podcast, we would say it is an excellent litmus test. Not to beat yourself up on how far you haven't gone, but to motivate you about how far you have gone. Mm -hmm. Because we all are evolving, as you said, and we all hopefully have changed the point where we're sinning less or to less degrees or less often 
or feeling even worse about it. That's all on that path you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I do think at some point, at some point, and maybe it is in the next life, that we do jump the broom and we have literally changed. We all could probably say that in our own lives now. You know, I am not the unkind person I was when I was 15. I really have changed. I will not go back and pick on people like I did when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think poorly, I still think evil of them <laughs> in my mind. I just don't act on that. So mm-hmm. my sin nature, this type of sin I'm committing has, has changed, but I have, I have changed. I just have more change to go. I think I've summarized what you said. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Well, then let's quickly, uh, at the last part of this podcast today, talk about the, uh, that, the $64 question that we all want is to answer, which is how do I know when I've repented? How do I know when I've been forgiven? Mm-hmm. You know, if I haven't done X for 10 years, mm-hmm. I still, you know, God, had, and I'll give you my personal example here. God has never once said to me, I've never heard or felt the words, you are forgiven. I've had been in testimony meetings where people have actually said that. Mm-hmm. I have felt Heavenly Father say to me, I was forgiven. I'm like, dang it, dang it. <laughs> Maybe I haven't changed. You know, that's where the comparison started. Why did you get that and I don't? Mm-hmm. Now, there have been plenty of times, Meg, where I have felt the Holy Ghost mm-hmm. prompt me. It had nothing to do with sin, just I, a feeling to visit with someone or talk someone or do this, do that. So then I stop and go, well, I must be doing something right in the sin area mm-hmm. to feel that, mm-hmm. but, but maybe not. Maybe those are independent from God too. Like you still are a stinking sinner, Joel, but <laughs> mm-hmm. your home teaching needs some help. So I'm going to give you a prayer approach and get over there. <laughs> Stinker. Right. Um, you know, how do you know? How do you know? It's been said to me and I'll pass on to you and the listeners sort of this. You, you kind of feel you're doing okay when you feel it in your head and you feel it in your heart. You got to feel it in both places, mm-hmm. you know, in that in logically, okay, I'm not doing X. It has been a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. In my head, it makes sense. I'm repented, forgiven, but in the heart, you know, in my heart, I know I still harbor resentment or unkind feelings, even though I'm not acting on them. All right, Joel, don't lie to yourself. Mm-hmm. You haven't really repented. Or like in my heart, I, I'm falling off the wagon, but it's killing me. I'm trying hard. Okay. Maybe there's some forgiveness there like you mentioned earlier. What do you think? How do you know, Megan, when you have been forgiven? You know, I have, I have to say I'm exactly like you, Joel. I've never felt like I heard the words like, you're forgiven for right. what you have done. But and I'm not a perfect person by any means. And I think, I have to say, I think to some extent, people who commit what I will call greater sins, although all sin is equal right. in a lot of ways, right. are kind of, and I'm not encouraging you to go out there and commit some great sin, but I think they are at an advantage because they really have to access the atonement and what forgiveness is yes. and know what that is in their life. Like I've never committed, I've never gone and drank. I never, you know, had 
premarital you don't smell sex. smell cigarette never, smoke. No, when you walk I into never church. did right. those things that we consider like huge sins. Yeah, the right? huge one. Yeah, the big that vices. were like people clearly have to repent of those. And yes, see and the bishop. Yeah. yeah. But in my own life, like I've actually been thinking a lot about this lately is that I've been thinking a lot about personal revelation and the feeling of the feelings of the spirit and feeling that in my life. And when I was younger, I felt like I felt that a whole, a lot more actually when I was no younger. Yeah. And the reason was, is because, and I've just kind of recently put two and two together is I had a lot of time to think and ponder and you know talk with heavenly father in my brain like now as a mom i'm getting up i'm like dishes go here pick up this like i don't have that time and our world has changed to an extent where i was just listening to somebody uh an apostle it might have even been the prophet talking about how we in today's society don't have as much time to think and meditate and feel the spirit interesting because there's so much bombarding us all the time yes. like maybe on my phone i'm listening to a podcast i'm you know uh re- listening to a book on audio i'm talking to my friends i'm texting i'm doing all this stuff i'm on social media so we don't have that quiet space to feel yeah. That forgiveness or that, hey, you're on the right yeah. path. And so I, I just think that I do agree that I think God gives us kind of those like, I don't know what to call them, like aha moments where you're like, oh, okay. Like yeah. he illuminates and it's like, yep, right. you're doing okay. Yes. And I want more of those in my life. Like I want to have more of those. And so I need to have more time to ponder and have quiet time so that I can hear those things. But it kind of goes along with, I think too, as an adult, as I've progressed and we talked about this earlier is that more is required of me to get those. Because I have progressed. Like I know more. So Heavenly Father's like, Hey, if you want to feel forgiven and if you want to feel like you're on the right path, like you have to really dedicate yourself me. I'm just not going to like right that out there for you. Like I feel yeah. like he did that much more as a youth because I was learning and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, and he wanted to give me those experiences so that I knew what those were. Now yeah. I've had some of my most profound spiritual experiences as an adult, but yeah. And, and I, I just want to say for our listeners too, this is a little off topic, but I think I was thinking about this the other day as I was driving, I was like, I can't recreate those experiences for myself. That's why I know they're from God. Like in my mind yes. and in my heart, I cannot recreate that feeling. It's Correct. a different feeling. Yes. So I don't know. It's kind of a little off from what you were saying, but no, I, no, no. I just think that we need to... I think it's hard at this stage of the game if you have not committed like huge hard sins yes. to know. So I go back oh. to that thing like I bear my testimony. I come to church yeah. and take the sacrament. By the way, I need the sacrament for the sacrament because I want to kill my kids during sacrament. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, please forgive me now because that's right. That's right. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to make it another week. That's right. I'm make it in five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's a really interesting thing that maybe our listeners could really give some insight to us on is 
how mm-hmm. they have felt forgiven right. in their lives for the things that they may have committed that are sins. Yeah. Like how they feel yes. that, how they know yes. that they're forgiven. Because I, yes. I don't have all the answers. I um, hope all of us as God's children don't beat ourselves up. In fact, walk away from the path, let go of the iron rod because we haven't felt forgiven and we give up or quit. I think I would hate for anyone to throw in the towel because we all continually sin, including Russell Nelson, everybody, newsflash. And we must continue to repent every week, but that is not an excuse to not feel forgiven. Mm-hmm. If, if we're truly trying hard, I just don't know how to, I, I've gotten to the point where I don't worry about it. I mean that in a good yeah. way. I yeah. just, I'm, I'm taking my chances. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. I just am not going to worry myself about it. It's yeah. not, yeah. It, it is my deal, but at the same time, I could sit there all day and be like, am I forgiven? Am I forgiven? Yeah. And yeah. then we would be committing a sin because we wouldn't be living our life and doing what we're supposed to, right? So it's like yes. this like constant like battle, yes. like do the right thing, be forgiven, do the yes. right thing, repent, be forgiven. And so I think we just have to live our life and trust that as we're trying our hardest to do what's right, the yeah. Heavenly Father will know and show us, like, yeah. we need to work on this. Like, this yes. is an area that maybe you need a little bit more work on before you've become fully changed in the way that I need you to be. Last comment on the topic, then uh, I'll let our listeners go and I'll go outside and start knocking down spider webs for the day. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to commit the worst sin of all. I'm going to quote a general authority's verbal comments that nobody can Go remember correctly or reference. That's right. It's like the worst. It's like this comment was not meant for anyone, but now I'm presenting this gospel doctrine. Okay. Uh, years ago, Elder, I shouldn't even say his name because he'll get mad at me. Elder Bednar, don't get mad at me, Elder Bednar, was at our state conference. And he did a youth meeting, and I was with the youth program, so I'm there. And he did a Q&A. He didn't even have prepared remarks. He just said, I love you. Now, what are your questions? Uh-huh. And this 12-year-old girl asked the most profound question ever uttered. She said, how can I repent if I've forgotten I even committed the sin to begin with? Or I never even knew I was, like, if you never knew it was a sin, maybe you're okay. But if I just forgot about it, it was years ago. And I Smacked my friend and forgot all I did. Blah blah blah. You know, you know the question. Right. Yeah. I'm like, what a great question. <laughs> and Elder Bednar said, "Now here's the fault. You know, I can say anything I want. Oh, right. Elder Bednar must have said that. Well, he's talking donuts. His answer really was, "Don't worry about it. As long as you now are on the path, like you said." And doing what's right, it will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. You will be a repentant person, and that's the goal. Don't worry about X event. Mm-hmm. Worry about, am I a repentant person? Mm-hmm. And you will be fine. Just always be a repentant person. Yeah, and I think that that's a, an important thing to remember uh, is that you can't change the past, right? The past is done. So if you forget about it, like that's the past. What God is really concerned about is where are you right now? Yes. Like where are you Like you said, you may die right now. 
Where are you right now? That's your concern. Bingo. Yeah, totally. Bingo. That's, You're not promised tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, that's all that God is concerned about. Where are you right now? I mean, yes. if you are off the path and tomorrow you step on and then you die, that's a good thing. Yeah. Because that's yeah. all that God wants. But like if you are on the path and you step off one day and then the next day you die, oh, that's not going to be yeah. so good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. So, yeah, it's always where are we right now? We like to live so much in our past and bring all that garbage to our present. And I'm like, yeah. it's gone. Like you cannot do anything about it. You can – you can move forward into your future and try and make everything better, but you can't yeah. change the past. And yeah. I don't think that that's what God's really important is, is worried about. He's not worried right. about the past. Yeah. So good talk. So good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank it. you. Yeah. All right. Okay. So next month, do you have a topic? I've got a couple I'm stewing over. I think we're going to talk about all of the bad guys in the Book of Mormon. Let's give, them, let's give them some props. Let's give them a shout out. Oh. Well, let's talk about the bad guys. Yeah. I'm going to have to, have to uh, <laughs> hone up on my bad guys. Everybody, read up. Don't read about Nephi and Alma. We read about them enough. Let's talk about, about the about bad the guys. Bad guys. Yeah. Let's give, them a, let's give them some, some love. All right. Where do you think you're going to go with that discussion? Like, what's uh, this going to be? Do you know, or do you want to keep it a secret? Well, it, it's. I mean, obviously, follow the example of the good, but you know, and duh, don't judge. All there's stuff you can learn from bad people. Yeah. Well, is there's some big overarching applicable lessons, some themes among all these bad people. I all thought right. we'd bring out. Yo, okay. I haven't. I, I've, I haven't gone there yet, but. That's it's probably where churning. we're going. It's churning. It's churning. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Well, awesome. Thanks so much, Joel. Have a great month. And we will talk, talk to you later. next month. Okay, friends. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed recording it with Joel. It is always enlightening and always revealing when I talk with Joel. And I think we really kind of play well off of one another and you know, as we're doing this more and more, I just feel like we're getting more and more comfortable and not trying to have all the right answers and just trying to have a very honest and frank discussion. And so I hope you guys are starting to really realize that and that we don't have all the answers like anybody else doesn't. And we're just two people who are discussing gospel topics and trying to figure out, um, how they fit into our lives. And so I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And again, if you would like to leave us a comment or give us any feedback, we'd love to hear it. And you can do that by emailing me at meg at the I will see you all back here tomorrow on my regularly scheduled podcast, the ACAL life. And so be looking forward to that. Have a great month if this is the only podcast you listen to since we only publish the cup of Joel a cup of Joel once a month. And we will talk to you again on this version of a cup of Joel um, in August. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>